What's up, everyone? I am Annoying Artist, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Tom Girl Podcast. This is my sixth episode titled Dreams Come True in the DMs. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. How are y'all? Like, what's popping with y'all? Like, what's going on in, in y'all's world and in your life right now? Honestly, this week has been crazy, super stupid, busy. Starting off with Monday... I had my court date. I told you guys in episode four, finally rolling, that I was being sued for such a small, petty amount, like 1100 bucks. So Monday was my court date. So in my head, something told me before that I should go. Like, you should go. Because, you know, I'm guilty. I know I'm guilty. I said I'm guilty. I know I had to pay. So in my mind, I was like, man, why don't you just stay home, take the day, you know, just relax. But then something told me to just go to court because you, like, I didn't, I didn't want to give them that automatic default, you know, judgment that, hey, yeah, she's guilty and she's going to pay the full amount. So as embarrassed as I was, I must say I was very embarrassed and I was very nervous. This was in Brooklyn um, Civil Court. So over there, you know, Atlantic Avenue, Hoyt, Hoyt Street, like that area. So I had an early court date, like first thing in the morning. It was like at 930. So I rolled out of bed. I put on regular ass clothes, grabbed my backpack, and I was just like, fuck it. I grabbed some coffee on the way out. I didn't even make breakfast. I was just like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be on time. Because something just told me to go because the lawyer, their attorney, was like either not going to show up and I was going to get the case dismissed or thrown out. So that what was going on in my mind. So I get there and... I look at the court docket and there was like several people all had court dates at 930. So mine was like number four. So I'm kind of like the first up on the list. And all these people are being sued from like credit card companies like Discover, Bank of America, American Express for a whole lot more fucking money than I am. So I'm just like, damn, I guess it can be like worse than this. So I walk in and the attorney shows up literally at like 9, 30. So I'm like, damn, I guess the case is not going to get thrown out. You know, they're here. So I'm sitting down and I'm observing everything what's going on because, you know, this is new to me. Like I don't go to court. Like I don't get sued. You know, so I'm sitting there like I don't know what to do I know I've seen a lot of law and order but this is like nothing like that so it's like real life and it's just like it was it was it was different so the lady I don't know I don't know what she's called the bailiff or whatever she calls my name and you have to say here so I didn't know whether to say here or repeat my name like that's how new I am to this shit so I was just kind of like you know present this is where it gets really interesting. So they call us back for like a mediation before we go to the judge to figure out like, you know, who's suing me, what they're suing me for, like what the amount is and all of that. So they call us back in this room and the lady was like, so she's talking to the attorney. So she's like, so can you tell me like what's going on? Because right now all I have is, you know, the defendant's answer because I told you guys in uh, episode four finally rolling that I had to put in an answer saying if I was guilty or not guilty or if I wanted to counter sue or whatnot and I kind of felt rushed to put in an answer but I knew I couldn't lie because I knew I was guilty so I was like yeah okay I guess I owe the money or whatever so if you have not listened to episode four finally rolling I explained that that week 
doing my weekly recap, which is usually the first thing I do on the podcast, that I got served papers. And how I got served papers, I was at work, so I wasn't home. And I guess they had been trying to serve me for like that the past four days and they could never catch me. So they taped down like, you know, my um, summons that says, hey, you are being sued. They taped that to my door like a fucking eviction notice. And I was heated. I was heated because my cousin was in town visiting from Miami and he was home and he texted me the, a picture of it. And he says, look, this was on your door. Like, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but like, what's going on? Like someone is suing you. And I was like pissed off. I was slightly embarrassed and ashamed, but then again, I wasn't for some reason. I was just like, okay, it is what it is. You know, like, let's, let's talk about it. So why I was being sued. Back in 2016, I did Airbnb and my landlord found out about it. So my landlord isn't suing me. We had reached you know, an agreement saying, hey, I wouldn't do Airbnb anymore. He allowed me to stay there. That's how cool he is because my landlord is Jewish, girl. They they about their money. They will take you to court, sue you, get all of their motherfucking money. So when he found that out, girl, I was prepared to get on my knees and suck some dick. Like, please do not sue me. Please, please, please. I'll do anything, any, any motherfucking thing. Or take me to court or evict me. So none of that happened. So me and my landlord just kind of like squashed the beef. I said I wouldn't do it anymore. You know, I had to like play dumb, like... I didn't really know that it was illegal. I had no idea. I'm so sorry. That was the only thing that was coming out of my mouth. So so the company sued me because um, they paid me in advance for my future bookings. Say, for an example, back in July, people, they were booking my place in October, which is like months and months in advance. So this company bought my bookings. They paid me for those bookings in October. But my landlord found out about the Airbnb in September, like late August, September, and I had to shut it down. So those future bookings got canceled, and that's why they never got their money back. So in my mind, I was like, man, fuck it. I don't do Airbnb anymore. I didn't feel like paying it, even though I was responsible for paying the money, and that is the adult thing to do. You should pay. But a part of me was like, man, fuck it. If you want this money, come fucking get it. Not that I didn't have the money, you know, but it was just a like I just didn't feel like paying it so I dropped the ball and they tried to get in contact with me several times and I kind of like didn't answer my phone or just beat around the bush I wasn't present so that's what brought us to court so that's how I got sued so anyways back to Monday when I was literally like in the courthouse so she calls us into this room and She's like very straightforward. She was a black woman and I felt like she was on my side. So she was like, excuse me, Mr. Attorney, like I don't have any documents or whatever. So how are you ready to stand trial? I should have this case thrown out and adjourned. And I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, please do it. Please do it. I was like, oh, my God. Like I was texting my mom when we were waiting. I said, mom, like this guy looks so nervous. And then once we got back there and we got to talking, I realized that I didn't have to say anything because he was 
so inexperienced and so like not prepared for trial that I literally did not have to say anything. So he was like, well, you know, I have the documents that, you know, the defendant signed. And she was like, that's all hearsay. You know that. And it was just like, oh, my God. So she was like, you know, I can tell you right now that you're not about to get eleven hundred dollars from her. So do you want to reach some type of agreement or what? Because right now, like I'm liable to just throw this whole thing out. So Monday, I had a little victory, honestly, because I literally, like, beat the fucking case. Like, they have been, you know, I was just like, bro, like, it's 1100 bucks. Like, I know you guys are, like, a startup company, but you're really going to take me to court, spend money, hire an attorney to get 800 bucks? Wow. Wow. So Monday, I had a little victory, and I was, like, feeling really good. I was, like, feeling unstoppable, untouchable. And just to think that I literally was not going to go to court because I knew I was guilty. I was like, man, what's the point of going? No, I went. And I am so grateful that I went because miracles happen. Miracles do happen. Yes, I'm guilty. I am very, very much so guilty. But I also scam, but I also, uh, I'm, I'm a part-time scam artist. And I just scammed this company out of 1100 bucks. <laughs> Oh my god, but please, please, please. I'm I'm just I'm just joking, guys. I'm I'm just joking, guys. So other than that, that was like the start of my week. My week has been super busy and hectic. At work, I just have a lot going on, and then this podcast really keeps me on my toes and my feet. Like I'm constantly like working on new material or I'm trying to like edit some videos and or I'm trying to actually edit the podcast. So right now I'm just trying to find a flow with things like that balance between my hobby, which is what I'm doing right now and my job. Because when I come home from work, I am dead tired. I am dead tired, like, when I come home from work. So today is my Saturday, and this is the absolute last thing to do before I can go on my weekend, and I'm going on my vacation soon. So, guys, just pray for me because I love the podcast, and I have a lot of elements, but it's just hard to, like, do everything because I'm such a perfectionist in everything that I do. So when it comes to, like, editing the podcast, it actually takes me a few days. Even though the the in my mind I would like to have this done in, like, two days and put it out there, but because I do all the editing myself as far as, like, video and, you know, audio, the podcast, the social media – all of that piled on to my busy ass hectic ass career that could be a lot so right now I'm looking for some help so if you're interested in helping me out in in any type of way if you like to do social media PR any type of work email me at annoyingartists at gmail.com let me know shoot me your resume your cover letter and let's make it work let's make it happen so other than that, like in other news, um, Aaron Hernandez committed suicide in jail. And I don't really know what to say about that. Um, when I was young and starting out and living and working in Rhode Island, I used to work in TV news as a videographer. That was one of my very first big stories a few years ago was when they like arrested him or he stood trial for killing Odin Lloyd which is a few years ago. So that was like really, really, really big news. So it honestly came as a shock to me when I saw the CNN alert that he had committed suicide. I was just like, damn. Young guy, he went to the University of Florida, had a promising career, but I don't know what it was or why he did all of that or why he felt like he had to be a thug or whatnot. But now, you know, his fiance or his wife, I'm not sure if he was married, but you know, she doesn't have him in his life. 
his young daughter does, does not have her father. She will not know her father pretty much growing up. So you guys got to think about the consequences of, the, of your actions. You know what I'm saying? Everything you do in life, there's a consequence for everything. I knew what my consequence was going to be when I did not pay that money. I knew it. But a part of me felt like I was a little, a little bit invincible, like they couldn't touch me or kind of like make me pay or whatever, you know. So everything you do, there's a consequence for it. And I just want people to understand that. So, which brings me to my next topic. Um, never hesitate to send that DM because dreams come true in the motherfucking DMs. Like I, I'm constantly in someone's DMs. I stay in someone's DMs. Like I can't help it. I will slide in your DMs. Um, if I feel welcome, <laughs> if I feel welcome, like never be afraid to like shoot your shot. Never be afraid to shoot your shot. Always go to the DMs. When, when everything else fails, always go to the motherfucking DMs. I can't even tell you like how many times um, some weird, crazy shit just happened. And you would be surprised who stays in my DMs, honestly, because I have a real low key social media profile. I don't have a huge brand yet. I'm not popping. I don't have a whole lot of followers. I don't have a whole lot of likes. Like my pictures don't even average a lot of likes, but you would never know that. Like if you saw my DMs and who messages me and who and who I message and who talks to me, you would never know that they would be interested in me because you don't you never see them liking any of my pics, you know, so sometimes that you know that used to be a surprise and a shock to me because I would say damn like I had no idea you even really followed me like that because you know you never like any of my pics it doesn't even matter about that it doesn't even matter about if they liking pics or not like don't even care about that shoot your shot slide in your dm so now like Instagram has this new feature where you can comment under someone's picture and um, they can like it. So I was on this like models um, Instagram and under their picture, you know, I was just like, dude, I don't know what it is about you, but it's something about your personality that I love and I dig. And you were just so blessed and they liked it. And then I said something like, um, can I slide in your DMs? And they liked it without even commenting. You know, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to send you a DM and they liked it again. So I slid in the motherfucking DMs and I sent my DM and I took my shot and they read it. And we've been talking ever since. And you would never, ever fucking know who this person is. So that's why I say like dreams come true in the DMs. Don't discredit the DMs at all. You know, be smooth with it. Be slick with it. You know, let people know that you're interested in them. Never, ever be afraid to shoot your shot. So today is a gloomy Saturday in NYC. It's raining. I think it's going to be raining for the next couple of days or the next week. And this weekend is the HBCU Spring Homecoming. And I've been seeing a lot of that on my timeline and I love it. So right now I'm repping FAMU, Florida A&M University. If you can see my... um hoodie I had to rep for my you know for my university for my school and it's just something about an HBCU experience that you cannot get anywhere else you really can't I remember my first time on the hill it was a Friday and at FAMU we have something called um set Friday and this was back when the set was like jumping right so I took this college tour and I stepped foot 
of Florida A&M, and that was it for me. I had never seen so many beautiful, intelligent black people in my life. And it was at that moment right there that I knew that this is where I belong. And this is where I need to go to school for the next four years. Like, fuck Baylor. Fuck everyone else that was, like, looking at me or I was looking at them. I don't know what it was, but I wanted to go to South Carolina really bad. I don't know. I just wanted to, like, get away from home. And I want to go to South Carolina. Um, I was interested. Yeah, I was interested in South Carolina. Uh, like, three schools in South Carolina. Um, Barry University in Miami and some other schools but they don't really motherfucking matter the only thing the only thing that matters is FAMU so I was like oh my god this is where I need to be this is this is where it's at and I just fell in love I fell in love with FAMU I fell in love with my campus and I went there for the next four years and it changed my life and I met some awesome amazing cool people that I'm still friends with today like these are my niggas that that held me down. Like I had a I was I wasn't a popular person on campus. I was well known. People would know me and they would speak to me and be like, "Hey, what's up?" but I wasn't like a popular person. I wasn't in a sorority. I wasn't popping popular like that. I was I was weird. I was like I wasn't anti-social, but I was cuz I have, you know, my friends and we all we were all the like off-brand cool kids i really can't uh describe it a lot of my we were we're funny we're like weird funny people like i was that girl in your class that like came to class all the time and you know i had all the notes and i would never share my notes i would never share my notes for some reason like people would be like hey hey, hey i know you got these notes let me let me let me hold your notes and i would never ever share my notes um and I was like constantly always having study groups at my house or like at my apartment because for some reason people thought that like I was super smart or that I knew everything, but I just always went to class. I just always went to class and did my work. So it wasn't that I was like super, super fucking smart. I just, I was always in class and I was always working. So I would constantly have like these study groups <laughs> and I would invite everyone over my house because you know, I love company. I really do. I love company. I love hanging out. I'm a good time. Honestly and truly, I'm a really good time. So uh, I would constantly have study groups over and I would get pissed off if my roommates had company. That was what the weird thing was. I was the one who always had company over, but I would get pissed the fuck off if my roommates decided she wanted to have company. And I would do some childish things, some childish, childish ass things. But to this day, I am grateful that I attended an HBCU. So there is this, you know, HBCU spring homecoming that's happening right now in New York City. And it looks, I think it's in its third year. It's still kind of new from what I've been hearing and what I've been doing some research on. And it's good. I see a lot of FAMU out there. So shine on Rattlers. I'm sorry I can't be in attendance this year. You know, I have to work. I'm doing the podcast, whatever. But just know that I support you guys. And I love to see black people coming together from different campuses, universities, getting to know each other and mingle i'm all for that so shout out to you know h h h hbcu spring um homecoming i hope y'all have a good time in new york city because i'm always looking for um fellow hbcu graduates i really am so if you follow me um if you follow tom girl podcast or annoying artist and you're an hbcu grad tweet me hit me up so we can hang out we can get together we can network i'm i'm in it i'm in it if you guys are in it so let's talk 
about the humble come. This is what me and my friends will call like the humble come is when have you have you guys ever felt so vulnerable during sex? Whether it's being in a position that you don't like to be in because you know like when you're in that position, you don't have that control over your body and you can come quicker or faster than usual. And for me, like that position, that's honestly like being on my back and having someone on top of me. Like I can't control it. Like that's when I'm my most vulnerable and that's when I come. And it's something about that come that's like the best come ever but it's humble because it's like you're so vulnerable and honestly I think it depends on the person who you're with and how comfortable you are with that person to let your guard down and to be vulnerable during sex and just say hey fuck it me it took me a while like I don't like I like to be in control of everything so when the tables are turned and when things are flipped and I kind of like you know and I kind of like come before I want to come that can be a problem like hey that's not what we discussed that's not what we agreed on you know you're always supposed to come first so like come before me you know I don't know like now that I'm older and I've kind of experienced more things never discredit the humble come the humble come is the best that you can ever have and right now I am in need of a desperate 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 humble come really am do y'all ever have that one friend that makes everything about them and their significant other or the person that they're dating? Like, I know so many people, when you ask them certain things or you, you know, be like, hey, what's up? How you doing? You want to hang out? They always make it about their significant other. Like, oh, you know, me, me and my girl about to go do this. I didn't, I didn't ask you about what you and your girl are about to do. I asked you what, you know, what you were doing or if you wanted to hang out, but you always got to like bring it to my attention that you are in a relationship or that you have a significant other. Why is that? I just find that so annoying. I really, really do. Like, how can you make everything about you and your significant other? Like, are you trying to make me feel that, you know, I'm in the friend zone or that I'm stuck in the friend zone or that's all I will ever be is someone who's like stuck in the friend zone? Is that it? And it's always the people that's like in a new relationship. You know, it's always the the, the people that's in a new relationship that want to let you know that they're in a relationship or that they have a significant other and that they're so busy now. <laughs> I find that so funny that you're so busy now that you're in this new relationship and everything is so new. And, y- and y'all are like, you know, literally like on top of each other, spending so much time together all the time, you know, that you have to let me constantly know that you are in a relationship because honestly I don't think I'm trying to like bang on you like that or like you know get on you like that or get with you like that so there's no need to constantly remind me that like I'm in the friend zone or that you have a significant other no need for that at all so ladies I want to know how old were you when you got your first pap smear How old were you? Were you like 18? Were you 21? And what was it like? Because honestly, like my first time, like when I went to get a pap smear, I believe I was like 18 or 19 years old. And I had just sort of kind of lost my virginity. And when I mean sort of kind of, it was like a one-time thing. And it was this dude who I had known for a really, really long time. We had went to prom together. And we were like skipping school because it was like senior, senior year. And it was like senior skip day. So we skipped school and we went back over to his um 
father's house. And there he we decided that we were going to like have sex on his baby brother's twin bed which was a horror in itself oh my god it was just so fucking ghetto (laughs) so there i was butt booty naked laying on his baby brother's twin mattress his twin bed and he he proceeded to like penetrate me and put it in and i was just like oh my god this is you can take it out you can stop this is painful it doesn't feel good this is not the wave that i'm on you can just stop completely so that's why that's what I mean by sorta, sorta, kinda. So I was 19 years old, and I go into to my doctor's, um, and they have these clamps, and this thing is kind of like propped up where they want you to like prop your legs up. And I took one look at it, and I was like, "Oh my god, you are not fucking putting that in me." And then she's looking at me like, "Yeah, I'm gonna have you lay down and take your pants off, and I'm prop your legs up and put this in there, and I'm gonna pinch you." And then I just was like, no, I can't. I was like, dude, I'm a fucking virgin. She's like, oh, like if you're a virgin, then there's then there's no need to have a pap smear. So I escaped having my pap smear um, when I was like 18, 19 years old. So the second time around, um, I was like grown now. Like I'm like, I was in my 20, like 20, 22, 23. And same thing. And I just find it awkward because I don't I don't like to wear panties when I go and get one because I know I'm not on my period and I don't carry purses so I kind of find it awkward to just stand there you know with your like where are you gonna put your underwear so that's another question that I want to know like ladies when you go to get your pap smear do you wear underwear or do you go you know what I'm saying like do you wear underwear do you do you free ball do you like ball your panties up and put them in your purse and put them in your purse like I don't I don't carry a purse so there would be no place for me to put my panties so I'm just dying to know like what y'all do when y'all go to the doctor and have a pap smear um so another question for y'all ladies like do you prefer tampons or pads I am a newly member of the tampon gang and when I say newly member because for for the longest forever I have always Wore pads. I don't know. It's just something that I always do and it's something that I always did. And it was like so easy and convenient. But now, honey, that I have really discovered tampons. I am team tampon like all the way. Like all the way. They are the most comfortable things, most comfortable things ever. I would never probably wear a pad again unless I like had to if it was like the only thing that I had in my house but tampons are like a lifesaver they really are they're like a fucking lifesaver um and that's kind of interesting I want to know like what most women prefer like do they prefer tampons or like pads (laughs) so I've been coming across a lot of my classmates And, you know, people my age, millennials, who are on this quest of happiness and success. And a lot of them have recently quit their, you know, day jobs, their full-time day jobs to take on their hobby um, full-time. And someone asked me what I thought about that because they know my former experience and what I used to do professionally and what I do now And the gap between that, like, how could I give someone advice who is thinking about quitting their job and following their passion? The first thing that I would say is um, how dedicated are you to your passion? How dedicated are you to your passion, for one? The second thing is um, 
how much money do you have saved up? And are you currently making money doing your passion or your hobby? Um, and those are the those are the two things that I would want you to ask yourself. That would be my advice to you. Because not too long ago, I was in the same situation or same thing where I had a really, really good day job. Um, I used to be a videographer, uh, TV news for several different ABC affiliates across, uh, across the country. And I did that. So I had a good career, good paying job. I had everything you would, would want for someone my age. And I was very unhappy very unsatisfied and I decided I want to just quit and I want to go do something else like I wanted a career change so when I quit like I wanted I wanted a career change I wanted out of news I wanted to go work for more digital media um that that type of thing I wasn't chasing and, and following my hobby or passion. I knew what my hobbies were back then, but I was so busy um, constantly like working my nine to five that I didn't have time to really, um, you know, develop my hobbies into something more that I could start making money from it. So I wanted a career change, you know, which I did get. It took me a while to get there. So yeah, like my advice, I would say, if you're not dedicated to your to your hobbies and to your passion, and if you're not currently making money from it, and if you do not have any money saved up, I do not recommend or I would want you to think more into um, quitting your job and and that's something that's secure and and it's hard because I know all the time that you're not you know doing what makes you happy. You're just doing it for the money. And that's how I felt. But until you have a better job or a better secure plan lineup, I do not recommend just like up and quitting. Like when I up and quit, yes, I had the option to go back home and live with mom. But and I and I chose not to do that. So this is so I'm speaking from someone who's like completely, you know, independent and living on their own quit their job I had a whole lot of money saved up like I had mm, I had like I don't know like ten thousand dollars maybe more than that enough for me to move from Albuquerque New Mexico to New York City in a one-bedroom apartment in Brooklyn by myself with no job that's how much money I had and I did that in October when I tell you by January 1st I was running out of money and I did not have a job and I did not have any uh, really like hobbies that's like fully developed to like fall back on where I would like make money and bring it in. Um, and that's and that was really tough. And that was really tough. So now I see a lot of people my age going through the same thing. And they're like, man, I want to quit my job and I want to take this on full time. And I just, you know, I want to like remind you guys like, yeah, that's all great and all. But please remember that your bills are not going anywhere like if you like I had bills now maybe these people maybe you don't have you know bills maybe you're living at home with your mom and dad so you can cut your expenses in half and you can afford to do that but your bills aren't going anywhere they're going to stay the same every week they're going to be looking at you in the face every month they're going to stay the same every month and be looking at you in the face every month like hey it's the first of the month that rent is due no matter what you say no matter if you say oh my god you know 
I'm on this quest and journey to find what really makes me happy. Bills don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> they don't give a fuck about that at all. Like they want they want their money. So just keep that in mind too. Like how long can you support yourself while A you find another job or B you really develop your hobby and B flexible be prepared to make sacrifices like I had to make a lot of sacrifices to get where I am right now to this job from when I left and when I quit like I had plenty of jobs lined up doing the same thing in different cities really great cities but I said to myself I do not want it because I'll be doing the same thing in just a different city just have different boss different co-workers I wanted something different and I got that but boy, I had no idea back then how much I would have to go through and how much I would have to sacrifice to get here. So be prepared to be uncomfortable. Be prepared to be broke. Be pre- you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just I don't I don't want to scare anyone, but that's the reality of it. And like never lose your faith. Always keep your faith in God or the universe or whatever you believe in that you will come through and you will come up come out on top. But don't be going into this blindly and, and just, you know, up and quitting your job. You know, yeah, I really did. I really did up and quit. Like, man, fuck this shit. I'm out. I did. I did do that. But I knew I had a whole bunch of money, you know, saved up. And I didn't even have a plan. And that was what was scary. I was like, yo, I am so far away from where I want to be and what I want to do. How can I get here? But that's when I had to, like, go within myself, be really quiet and listen to God and listen to the universe and what signs were telling me and everything was pointing me to New York City. And when I got the phone interview for the job, I was like, okay, this is it. I'm going to New York City. I'm going to the, on this job interview. I'm going to get this job. I'm going to get an apartment. And I did. So my advice to you guys would just be to think it, think it through, have a plan B, have a plan C in place. Um, but, you know, just be strong in your faith. Like, just be strong. Think positive. You're going to come through it. You're going to come out on top, you know. And, you know, just, just hang in there because you, you, you guys can make it happen. You really can. So that's how I, that's, that's my advice that I would give to you. So now, like, when I look back on success and what success means to me, it's completely different. Because back then, um my success or my goal or my dream of success was I wanted to be 25 years old I wanted to make a hundred thousand dollars and I wanted to be in a top 10 market for um tv and I kind of did I kind of kind of met that goal like halfway I did I got to the top market um when I was 25 you know I was making real close to that amount but you know that I was that didn't make me feel good I was very unsatisfied with myself so I had to rethink what success meant to me and now success means to me you know that I'm comfortable I can pay all my bills I can afford to take nice vacations I can share with other people I can I have more time to develop my passions and hobbies because for the longest I was so hard on myself to where I really broke down I was so young and I came out of school and I got blessed with this amazing job at high market, especially for someone out of college, out of school with no 
um, experience that was like unheard of. And I was making a, a good amount of money, you know, compared to like everyone else my age. And I just nothing was good enough for me. Like I constantly pushed myself like harder and I could never congratulate myself or pat myself on the back. And now that's something that I do. You know, every morning I congratulate myself for even small successes that I have made in life. I just kind of like I have to look back on how far I came to where I am now and like where I'm going, you know, because I've came so freaking far. So for the longest, like it was so hard for me to congratulate myself and say, hey, you're doing a good job. And if I didn't have that reassurance from like my bosses or like my chief photographers, I would take I would take it. I would take it. I would take it hard. And, you know, I was like living place to place, state to state, just like up and moving for like different jobs to where I would constantly get uprooted and I would leave everything and everyone behind. So I was always finding like, you know, new friends here and there. Or like when I first moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico, I didn't know anyone. And it took me a while to form like my best friend there. And he and we actually worked together. That's how crazy it was. It took me like five months to find my best friend there. And all along we worked in the same building and he's amazing. He's a former, you know, drug dealer, former drag queen. And we just hit it off like so, so, so good. And I really hope he's doing well. Um, but yeah, so when you don't like have that support and I was constantly always taking work home with me, which is not good. I do not recommend that. I didn't have nothing else to really go to. Like I was single. I didn't know a lot of people there. So all I knew was work and I worked, 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 worked to where like my good work wasn't good to me. And my boss and my chief photographer would tell me all the time, like, this is really good, I really like it. But I would never like believe it or I would believe it, but I was like, okay, like, yeah, that's that's good, but like, I can do it better. So I constantly felt like I always had to prove myself or that if I didn't get the recognition or the praise or whatever, I would take it hard. And I crashed and I crumbled. So now success, now I'm good. Like now I'm chilling, that is over, that's behind me. My idea of success has changed. Like, question y'all, is the Upper West Side like really the cheapest place to live right now? Cause I feel like everyone is like trying to move to the Upper West Side. It has to be, cause it's a whole lot cheaper than, you know, to live in Brooklyn any place in Brooklyn <laughs> to live in a cardboard box in Brooklyn. Like, shit is crazy. Like, I was walking somewhere, I want to say, like, Prospect Park, and I saw this sign of this new, like, complex, and they were literally renting out a studio for 2000 or 2600 and I say to myself, like, who can possibly afford this? Like, I want to know who's moving into these spaces. Because I don't think they're, like, your regular average New Yorkers I feel like they they gotta come from like out of the country or someplace because this is this is crazy how gentrification is like happening and completely um just taking over so many neighborhoods just ruining so many neighborhoods in Brooklyn it's already happened in Harlem and I'm just like it's cancer like gentrification is literally cancer to these neighborhoods it really is because you're pushing people 
out of their homes. They cannot afford it. So where are they going to go? And in my very first episode, No More Parties in in Williamsburg, I talk about gentrification and how I don't like to go over there. I don't like to party over there. I don't have any friends over there. I don't need friends over there. I, I hate going over there. And when I go to some of these neighborhoods, I see it the most. And I'm just like, this is crazy. This is crazy. Like, what can we do? As New Yorkers, I don't know if I don't know what the mayor, his whole affordable housing initiative. I don't know what it what it has done. I don't know if there's a real way to fight gentrification or what you do. But I constantly feel that black people, you are forcing them out of their homes. You're constantly telling us that we're not cute enough. We're not beautiful enough. But yet you're trying to jock our shit, jock our style, our looks, copy it. I don't shop at Urban Outfitters. I don't do H&M because when I go there, I see these screen T-shirts with like dumb shit that says, you know, turn up on a Friday or like some dumbass phase, some some dumbass phrase that we as black people say. And when white people try to say it don't fucking make any any goddamn sense. But I feel like a lot of people are trying to move to like the Upper West Side. Is that like the cheapest place? Like, if I wasn't in love with Brooklyn and if Brooklyn wasn't so cool, then maybe I could see myself doing, like, Manhattan, Harlem, or, like, Washington Heights. But, like, Brooklyn is where it's at, dog. Like, I don't care. I will fight for Brooklyn. I will fight for Brooklyn. If I have to, like, get five fucking roommates just so I can afford to, like, still live in Brooklyn, I would do it. I really would. So let's talk about Auntie Maxine, a.k.a. Auntie Takeoff. (sighs) Auntie Squad on deck. Like, I love this lady. Like, I love Senator Maxine. Like, she has just been, like, popping. Like, she is really, like, living into this whole auntie role. Like, I could guarantee you a few months ago, she didn't even know what the hell social media was. Or maybe she did or whatever. But it's crazy how she just went viral like that. Because that video of her saying that the FBI director has no credibility, what do you want? How may I help you? That gave me life. That gave me life and it gave millennials life and everything else. So now she has um, a video up. I'm going to play the clip basically saying that we as millennials can call her Auntie Maxine. And that's what she like. And I love it. I love everything about her Auntie Maxine, a.k.a. Auntie Takeoff. Listen to this clip. I'm so proud of this connection that I've made with these young people. They do call me Auntie Maxine. I embrace that. I love that. And I'm going to be their auntie. I'm going to keep telling the truth. And I want them to get out there, register people to vote, get active, and bombard, you know, the Congress of the United States and the leadership with what they want them to do. So I'm just real pleased uh, about... uh, you know, my followers have gone up from about 47,000 as of this morning. I think it's maybe up to uh, 150,000. I love it. I Just love in it. a short period of time. Yeah. Thank you, millennials. Like, she is out of here. She is out of here. She is on a roll. She is. So let's talk about music. So this week in music, What's coming through my headphones? I have been listening to Little Dragon's new album. I think it's called um, Super High. Let me let me double check for y'all. Yeah, not 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 yet. Yeah, super high. It's called Season High. So this week I have been listening to Little Dragon's new album, Season High, like 
heavy. It is really, really good. So listen to their song, Celebrate, is playing right now. This is the song, this is what I was jamming to when I found out that my case was pretty much thrown out and dismissed on Monday. That is what I had to celebrate. So, Little Dragon, um, I'm trying to figure out where they're going to be performing this summer. I don't think they're doing Coachella. I don't know if they're doing any music festivals. Um, but yeah, if you like what you're hearing, this is Little Dragon celebrate off of their newly released album season high so i am going to try to come in next week and record one more episode um, because the following week I will be off because I will be on vacation. I will be out of the country. I'll be touring. I'll be going international. So everything on my social media and everything, Tom Girl is going to like take a pause and it's going to turn into like travel. Nothing but travel, travel vlogs. So if you like to travel, if you want some good travel tips, how to spend money, how to save money, how to get those flights, go to my social media because Tom Girl will be taking a pause the first week of May. May 1st through like the May 8th, I'll probably be coming back the following weekend. So next week I will try to get in the studio to record one episode that will hold you hold you guys over for two weeks. Maybe I'll do like a short, small episode when I'm traveling international, but I cannot, cannot guarantee it. I can't do that. So this this episode has is is long in my opinion because right now I'm rolling on like 54 minutes. So when I cut it down and edit it, it might be like 40 minutes. You guys hear the music. I'm gonna let Maldivisa carry us out. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Tom Girl Podcast. Dreams come true in the DMs. This song that's playing right now, this is Maldivisa in my neighborhood. This song was featured on episode one, No More Parties in Williamsburg. So if you like this song, if you want to check it out, the artist, her name is Maldiviza. She's awesome. She's hot. If you like it, please check her out. Thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in. My next episode, I'll try to record it on May 8th. As always, I'm Annoying Artist. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. Good night from Manhattan.